Welcome back to another episode of CRP Classroom. Now, in this episode, I want to use a partial question to actually explain how to use the categorization approach that I actually recommend to answer an ethics question. Now, if you actually had a look at your study manual from whatever college it is, or if you actually have a look at your CRP subject guide, you find that the ethics module is very confusing. It jump from here to there and I find it it's very hard for students to follow and normally when it comes to April, May time students have a hard time of following of understanding what this ethics module is about so I explained in the previous podcast um, in podcast with regard to professional practice what is the categorization approach that I use which I explained category 1 means your LPA category 2 means your ethics rule and category 3 means your duties of counsel so let's use an example of your past question to illustrate how do you actually use this sort of a categorization approach now the question that I want to look at is the main 2021 paper set on April 2022, which is last year. Question number three in your parts A, uh, ethics module. The question is about Gabar, an advocate and solicitor, was retained by Quad Gaga to defend a claim against the later in a suit relating to an intellectual property infringement filed by a rival company, Strong Build Syndrome Berhad. Now, I wouldn't want to read the whole question here because you can, you may read the question yourself at home. Now, if you actually had a look at the question, the style of the question is the long questions make up a few paragraphs. And you always want to look at the last part of the question, which is the bold part. Sometimes they will explain and say, discuss this with regard to your LPPER rules or with regard to your solicitor accounts rule, etc. Or discuss it with regard to your legal profession act. But for this question, it's just basically say, advice GABA. So when you see this type of question, there's a few possibility. There is a possibility that the whole question is just a category one question, which is your LPA based question, or category two question, which is just basically ethics rule question, or category three, which is basically duties of counsel. And most likely it's the fourth type of question, which is a combination of maybe 80% ethics rule plus maybe 20% of um, duties of counsel, etc. So if you look at the question itself, there are many, many issues you need to talk about. The first issue is with regard to the splitting of fees between Gaba and his good friend Prakash Raj. Now, when you look at this issue on splitting your fees, the first thing that you need to ask yourself is, it, which category am I looking at? When it comes to issue of splitting of fees, is it with regard to category 1 LPA issues or is it with regard to ethics rule or is it with regard to duties of counsel? So you will know that splitting of fees, it's, we are talking about ethics rules. So first, you need to explain LPPER. State the full name of LPPER and then just bracket it LPPER. Then just explain logically what ethics rules apply in this scenario. So for my students, I recommend and I want you to memorize your LPPER rules and that's where you will use it right here. So you may think that rules 51, 52, 61 that is applicable in this issue that you may not split fees, agency fees. So just apply logically whatever rules that is, you can use in this sort of scenario. Then the next issue you want to look at is that conflict of interest between Gaba and also his father-in-law in that company. So again, you know this is a category 2 question. 
So explain whatever rules that is applicable from your LPPR and apply it back to that question. So for when it comes to conflict of interest, like pecuniary interest, there is some sort of a rules that always come together. That is your rule 3, 4, 5, and 27. Somehow, it always come like a package 3, 4, 5, and 27. So explain and apply logically to question. And if you want, you can explain some sort of case to back you up. When you read cases with regard to ethics rules, these sort of cases, they don't normally have important legal principles or reasoning behind it. Basically, the judge will, again, same thing, they will use whatever rules is applicable to that scenario or to the case in front of them. So you can just explain briefly the facts of Mutia and Pembinaan FIBA and say um, it is similar to the question in issue. You may also talk about it violates Rule 25. Then the next thing is about he deceiving, lie, telling a lie to the client. So you can again apply whatever relevant ethics rule that is in that scenario. That is your category two issues. I would like to apply rule 16, 25, and 31. You find that rule 15, 16, and 31, these sort of very general rules, it's almost something that you can use in every question about ethics rules. So you will explain GABA should be honest to the client and disclose his lack of knowledge in this, this area. Now, is there anything else that you may want to talk about? So when you ever read something, when there is an issue that comes up, ask yourself first, is there anything in LPA we can talk about? In this issue of lie, deceit, maybe no. Is there anything in your ethics category we can talk about? That is in your LPPER rules. Then, is there anything in your duties of counsel you may want to add on? Maybe if I'm the one that's answering this question, I may want to add on a little bit that you say lawyer must be honest to client. You may want to quote honest lawyer by Lord Danning, which is in your duties of counsel. The next issue will be the hangover from having going to the party. Again, you know this is a category two issue. That will be rule six and rule 24. To me, that is applicable in this scenario. The next one will be pupils attendance. Then, when you look at this issue of pupils' attendance, is it something related to your LPA or your Category 2 Ethics Rule or your Category 3 Duties of Counsel? You will most likely know that it is related to your LPA and that is in your Section 36 Sub 2 Sub A. That in the first three months, you may mention this in your Chambers methods and after three months, you may conduct that course of matter before the magistrate. The next issue would be breach of undertaking because he mentioned GABA in that question that he need to submit that MC that he was unfit to attend court on that day but on that day when he went to the court he just told the court that just accept whatever reason that I've said so you know this is the category 3 breach of undertaking issues now once you identify this is in a category 3 issue you will stay in that category you will not jump from one uh, LPA to ethics to category 3 duties of counsel. Stay in that category 3 duties of counsel chapters and if you zoom in there, you know that it is about breach of undertaking. Now, it by not submitting that MC, you are breaching the undertaking as like a promise they give to the court. You then may be liable for disciplinary proceedings. Then, you may know that the court, the judge may also order summary jurisdiction against GABA and you may want to explain briefly on the case of Myers and Elman. And the last part of that issue, not really the last part, there are two more parts you actually look at. One of it is consent judgment. 
he talked about that he want to offer a settlement of the claim with the other party. And then the question says, Quad Ganga directors were shocked to witness and never gave any instruction to GABA to record any consent judgment. And that, again, ask yourself, is it a Category 1 issue LPA or is it Category 2 issue in ethics rule or is it Category 3 in your duties of counsel? You will know this is a Category 3 duties of counsel. Consent judgment. Can a lawyer do so without permission and authority from his client? In generally, generally, general rule, GABA has implied authority to compromise without referring to his client. But it is always a good practice to ask your client first. And it, it must be done in the best interest of your client and done bona fidelity. However, it can be set aside if it causes grave injustice or is a matter of collateral issues. And then on the facts, you apply it back to the question and explain to GABA, court would not inquire into the authority of your advocate and solicitor unless it was done in a bad fit manner. And then we come to the last issue. In that question itself, you see that GABA sort of mentioned some sort of things that I'm here and when I'm say sick, you should accept it anyway. And the judge then stated GABA has committed contempt on the face of court. So again, contempt on the face of court, is it an issue in your LPA category one? No. Is it an issue in your category two ethics rule? Most likely no. And is it an issue in your category three duties of counsel? And you will say yes, that's in your chapter of contempt. And you know this is contempt on the face of court because it was stated there. But you may want to explain a little bit more in that question. First, he's being disrespectful to the court. GABA has some, said some words that amount to contempt and interfere with the course of justice. He's shouting, he's behaving in an unexpected way. That is something mentioned in your case of Ri Kumarendran. So, does the court have power to deal with it? Yes, the court does. And you can actually refer it to your orders um, 52 in your rules of court. That is your order 52 rules of court in your civil procedure. However, if you refer to your order 52 rules of court, you may want to look at order 52 rule 2a. It, this, it does mention that a formal notice shall not be served, but court must ensure the contender understands the nature of the offence and he must be offered the opportunity to be heard. But if you look at the question, it was not done so. It says that the case will be adjourned so that GABA could reflect on in action. And in Order 52, Rule 2A Sub 2, it says judge may order that person to appear before him on the same day for the purpose of purging his contempt. Now, you may also want to refer to some sort of common law, such as Karam Singh on Ri Kumarendram. In Karam Singh, it was stated that the summary power to proceed on own motion should never be invoked unless end of justice requires such measure. And in Ri Kumarendran, you must give that person an opportunity to be heard. And you may want to write down in your answer here and advise Gaba that the, the, the judge, judge didn't allow him to have a proper course of justice. And then finally, make a conclusion. Did he breaches ethics rule or not? Did he breaches any, violate any rules? Would he be susceptible to any disciplinary proceedings um, pursuant to section 94? Make your conclusion. That is how you actually answer your ethics question by using the categorization approach. Look at each issue individually. Ask yourself, 
is this a category one LPA issue? If not, is this a category two ethics rule issue? And if not, is this a category three duties of counsel issue? And when you have a question like this, which I purposely use this question to illustrate that method of approach, which is such a long question and which they don't actually tell you what you want to explain, just basically a common statement advice GABA, then you will look at each of the issue individually, go and zoom into the area, which category is it and answer accordingly. Then you have a very structured, organized way on how you navigate through your mind, how you navigate through your answer. Your answer won't be a little bit of here and a little bit of there and it doesn't look tidy for you and the examiner may not understand what you want to answer. So understand how the categorization approach works. Try it out and see if it works for you. And for my students, that is what I recommend them to do. And I'll see you all in the next episode.